0: Bismillah walhamdulillah alhamdulillah wa salatu was salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man Imam al-Nawawi's Riyadh al-Saliheen is an immensely blessed hadith collection that has been cherished by Muslims for over seven centuries. In this series, Sheikh Yahya Rodas gives brief commentary on each of the hadiths in this collection, helping us to follow the sunnah of our beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. بلى الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وصلات وسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله والصحبه ومن والاه من كتاب رياض الصالحين لسيدنا الإمام النووي رحمه الله تعالى ونفعنا بعلومه في الدار آمين إلى أن قال حديث number seventy two عن أبي طريف عدي بن حاتم الطائي رضي الله عنه قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول من حلف على يمين ثم راء. أَتْقَى لِلَّهِ مِنْهَا taqwa الْتَقْوَىٰ رواهُ So Adi ibn Hatim al-Ta'i narrates I heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa saying Whoever makes an oath and then realizes that there is a better option something that they should do instead that is closer to taqwa he should follow the option of taqwa so what this means is is that sometimes people will swear an oath and obviously there are things that is impermissible for us to swear an oath regarding so if we would swear an oath to do something haram or to not fulfill an obligation uh, we would make toba and expiate for that oath and obviously do what it is that we've been commanded to do and to avoid what it is that we've been prohibited from um and and if we make an oath to not do something recommended, or to that avoid to do something that is makruh, disliked, it's recommended that we follow the path of taqwa, that we repent for making an oath like that, expiate, and then do that very thing, or avoid that thing if it was makruh. And um, another hadith our Prophet said, sallallahu alaihi wasallam: minha." So again, if someone that swears an oath to do something or to not do something and then sees that there's something better for them to do, فَلْيَأْتِي أَلَّذِي هُوَ Let him do the better option. عَنْ يَمِينَهِ And then expiate for his oath. So those previous conditions are pretty clear. Uh, but let's say that there was something that was from the realm of permissibility that someone swore an oath that they were going to do or to not do. And then after thinking about it, after some time passes, they feel that, OK, no, this is actually closer to taqwa, or to do that thing, or to actually not do that thing. Then they expiate. And after that, then they go ahead and do it, or not do it, depending on what that matter was. So now we included this in the chapter of taqwa, uh, because it actually is part of taqwa. When someone does swear an oath, to really think carefully about what it is that they're swearing an oath regarding. And they mentioned about some of the great imams, including Imam Shafi, is that they said that I've never sworn an oath. That let alone swearing an oath for something that is not true, they've never even that sworn an oath for something that was actually true. And so when you learn about the wow or the bat or the t or the tat in grammar and all the different ways of that making oaths, um, it doesn't mean that we should just take that on and just start swearing by Allah. The name of Allah is Great. And if someone is going to swear an oath by Allah, we should be very, very careful to make sure that first and foremost that it's true, to make sure that first and foremost that it's we're not swearing oath about something that we really should be doing or really should be avoiding. And either it's two means of either prohibition Dislikeness or something that is an obligation or recommended. Uh, but we should really think carefully about what it is that we are saying. And um, if there's a need for emphasis, then it's from the realm of what is permissible. But the name of Allah is great, <coughs> and we don't want to that just use it for that any old reason. So this is the guidance of our Prophet. وسلم, Let him that follow the option that is closer to taqwa may Allah tabarakata make us people make us all people of taqwa and then in hadith number 73 an abi umama Sudayy ibn ajlan al bahili radiyallahu anhu qala sami'tu rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam yakhuthu fi hajjat al wadaa fa qala ittaqullaha wasallu khamsakum wa sumu shahrakum wa adu zakata amwalikum wa ti'u umara'akum tadkhulu jannata rabbikum rahatul madhi fi akhir kitab hasan sahih abu umama sudai ibn ajlan al-bahili narrates that I heard the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam delivering a sermon during the farewell pilgrimage he said have taqwa of Allah and pray your five prayers and fast your month literally says sumu shahrakum which means the month of Ramadan fast your month and um, pay your zi- pay the zakat on your wealth, and obey your leaders, and you will enter into paradise, into the paradise of your Lord. So uh, this companion, uh, Adi ibn Hatim al Ta'i, was one of the beloved companions to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi sallam. He was originally a Christian and became Muslim, and as I said, hasuna islamahu that he was a good practicing Muslim, as all the companions, MashaAllah, uh, reached the highest degrees of closeness to Allah. Subh'anaHu wa ta'ala. Uh, but he became, he came, uh, it was part of a delegation. In the ninth year of the Hijrah, it came to the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, used to honor him. And when he used to come into his, with Sallallahu I said, when he would come to visit the Prophet he would honor him. And Ibn Allah mentioned a couple of beautiful things about this great Sahabi. anhu that it's narrated that he said, "Ma alayya waktu salah illa wa Never did a prayer time enter except that I was longing for the prayer. that the companions of the Messenger of Allah. Ma da khalaliya وَقْتِ salah. Never did a prayer time enter. Whether it was Fajr, whether it was isha, whether it was duha, whatever prayer, whether he was traveling, whether he was at home, uh, whether he was tired, whether he had slept well. Illa wa na Save that I was longing for it. Wahaka, this is how we should be. As soon as the prayer time enters, that we should be longing for it. I remember seeing Marabd al Hajj, Rahimahullah. SubhanAllah. Feel this, even though he wouldn't necessarily say it. You could feel it that this was his state. Is it is when the prayer time entered? There was just halas. It was the first, the only prayer that they would postpone in Mauritania, which was sunnah to postpone. Which called the tabrīd was salat al dhuhr and then during the intense heat, they would postpone it a little bit uh, in order to, for the intensity of the heat to go down, which is sunnah. And so they only did it for a sunnah reason. Other than that, they prayed all the prayers in the first part of the time. And he did this for how many years? 70, 80 years of his life, subhanAllah. Imagine every single prayer. You've Never postponed a prayer in your life. And the true people of Allah, subhanAllah, have never even missed prayer in jama'ah, in congregation during their life. I believe it was Habib Muhammad Haddad who said this to see him, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and from the time that he was young, he doesn't ever recall not praying a prayer in congregation from the time that they were young. That's why they turned out to be great imams. Because they make their deen the priority in their life. And that's how we should be. The most important thing of all is deen. Your goal in life is to get close to Allah. Everything is second to that. Including your career, including your worldly education, including all of these other things. doesn't mean that we don't have that as a part of our life, but that's what's important. And everything else is secondary. Not that, okay, I have all this other stuff, and I'm going to have a little bit of deen. And unfortunately, we live in a time where it's almost as like parents uh, want their kids not to have too much deen. Because they think too much deen is going to distract them from their career and their dunya and all these other types of things. Deen is deen. And then we... Everything else is a part of the deen. We don't see it as separate. But everything is that we do, we should uh, be doing it to draw near to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So then there's another story he mentions. He says, وَكَانَ يَفُطْ لِنَّبَلِ الْخُبْزِ right يَفُطْ to us to like take pieces of bread and to that put them down for the ants. So he would take pieces of bread, take little pieces of bread, and he would give them to the ants. وَيُقُولْ is that these ants, they're like neighbors, and they have a right. So let alone stomp on them, let alone spray them, or anything like that. He would actually leave little crumbs of bread, any for the ants. So this is not just something that the awliya did after. It's something that the companions of the Rasul that did. And... They saw that every living thing other than things that harm you is having a hak, as having a right, so imagine being that in tune, whereas normally we just you know brush them away and when they're in tune with these are living creatures subhanAllah. they're like neighbors right, so, they take little pieces of bread and so if we implement this at home, we have to do it secretly, so that no one knows anyhow is that he narrates uh this uh, oh, I'm sorry. That was actually the previous companion. I meant to mention all that about that's. This is all about Abi tarif adi ibn hatim al ta'i. That was all his description. So everything I just said. Think of that as the narrator of the first hadith. So in this second hadith, this is what our prophet said, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, is that have taqwa of Allah. This is what he begins with, because it is the foundation. And what comes after it is what is called the Prophet mentioned in general the foundation, which is having taqwa of Allah. And then he's going to mention certain things specifically. So, this is a conjunction that's going to indicate specific meanings within that broader meaning of taqwa. And the first thing is to pray the five daily prayers. And then look at the way that the Prophet said, Sumu shaharakum, fast your month. What a blessing is that Shahru it's become our month from the barak of the Rasul sallallahu Alaihi And what he meant by this is the Shahru Ramadan, the month of Ramadan. And that he uh, affiliated to his ummah because of the outpour of the divine mercy that they, his ummah receives in this blessed month. Uh, and in the hadith it says, Rajab Shahrullah. Allah. Rajab is the month of Allah. Wa sha'ban is my month and Ramadan is the month of my ummah and <clears throat> then he says that pay the zakat of your wealth and so that in another narration that indicates and that without being forced to do so with a heart that wants to pay that zakat and if we find ourselves like oh I have to and oh, how much is it going to take away from my bank account? That's a very bad state to be in. We should be people, it's zakat. It's not even our money. And it's an obligation. Very easily be able to give that out and to find it pleasant uh, in our hearts. And then, is it obey uh, your leaders, of course, in anything other than the ma'asi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ibn an says Because in doing so is that the things will be that orderly and when things are in order it will lead to that everybody's livelihood that uh, that being taken care of and people be able to prepare for the meeting with their Lord so this is the prophetic advice. May Allah Ta'ala bless us to be able to follow it and to put it into practice in a way that is pleasing to Him. Subhanahu wa Ta'ala bless us all to be people of taqwa. Salallahu alayhi wa sallam. Thank you for listening to one of Al-Maqasid's online educational offerings. Our mission at Al-Maqasid is to cultivate holistic learning environments rooted in knowledge, devotion, and service by providing full-time, part-time, online, and community programs. For more information, please visit our website at almaqasid.org and connect with our other online content at almaqasid.org backslash connect.